This is this is fine. This is fine. This is fine. This is fine. This is a poor substitute for therapy, but an excellent substitute for other podcasts. We're not like other podcasts. Join us as we find the answers to the universe's biggest questions like, is butter a carb? Does crying burn calories? And what the fuck am I doing with my life? We're here to be your part-time therapist, astrologer, concierge doctor, and fairy godmother. Do you need someone to validate you today? Cool, cool, cool. Come on in. We're fine. This is fine. Hi, beauty queens. Dominique here. We're back with another astrology episode. This one is a crash course, very educational, teaching some foundational astrology. Y'all apparently loved the first episode with Shannon, according to my analytics dashboard anyway. So I've got Shannon and her daughter, Nina, who is the creator of the Moon Dweller Lunar Calendar and Workbook, both here with me today. They're going to be teaching you all about a core aspect of astrology, the moon and the lunar cycles, what sign the moon is in, the moon phases, the moon's journey around the zodiac, and how following these cycles can help you get more out of your day-to-day life. Think about working out on the days that are astrologically better for you and having a fantastic workout, or doing a skincare routine on the day when the moon essentially says it's time for a skincare routine and then your skin is glowing, or timing a work day or a meeting with a moon phase and sign that helps you focus more and have more brain power. This is a thing. You can get more out of your life from an astrological standpoint by following the moon. This is definitely a Lunar Astrology 101, but it's also a lot of information, some dense information too. You're going to want to take notes and come back to this along your educational journey, so bookmark, download, save this episode to your phone or your Spotify account, etc. Before we get into it, I have an ad to share, but also a $200 credit, so you won't want to skip this section, I swear. Today's episode is brought to you by Brava, in my own words, the Tesla of ovens, the goat of kitchen appliances, and my very own Easy Bake Oven for grownups. This is something I actually use every single day, y'all. Much like how an F1 car goes from zero to 60 in like a millisecond, I don't know, I didn't actually look it up, this countertop smart oven goes from room temp to 500 degrees in one second, seriously. It does the job of super oven, pizza oven, instant pot, dehydrator, air fryer, crock pot, and so much more. Do I sound like I'm on QVC? and it's about the size of a microwave. One of the coolest parts is that it can cook multiple ingredients at different temperatures on the same pan at the same time. Being the strong, independent woman that I am, Brava has made my bachelorette pad cooking unbelievably easy. It also makes eating healthy simple, even when I'm exhausted from running a podcast, building brands, writing articles, and raising an extremely high-maintenance golden retriever. This appliance has been an absolute game changer for me, and I want it to be a game changer for you too. This is fine, listeners. Can get $200 off a new Brava with code Dominique200. I'm going to let you figure out how to spell it. I believe in you. Visit shop.brava.com and enter Dominique200 at checkout to get your discount, save that money in this economy, and start revolutionizing the way you cook and feed yourself. Today, I have my favorite mother-daughter duo in here at the studio. Basically, my family, Shannon Agonza and Nina Agonza. Thank you, gals, so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you, Dominique. Yay. Okay, so I'm going to have you each introduce yourselves so everyone listening can kind of get to know your voice a little bit. Can you kick that off? Mom? Okay, Okay, mom, we'll start. (laughs) Hello. I have been a full-time practicing consulting astrologer and teacher for going on 30 years and a sort of cornerstone of my practice is using the moon. The moon is just one of the easiest 
points to access and a really good teaching tool. And uh, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, there you have it. Excellent explanation. Thank you. (laughs) Since we're talking about the moon. Yeah, today's moon day. Okay, Nina, you have a very special connection to following the moon as well. Yes, so I am the recipient of that moon information (laughs) from my mom. Perfect upbringing. Yes, I had no other way of living beyond doing new moon circles and full moon circles. And so I actually had really a unique childhood upbringing. It was so different than all of my friends and anyone else that I went to school with. Lucky. And I know. (laughs) Raised by the light of the moon. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, now I understand how lucky I am and so that's actually how I got into it. I saw the value of following all of the moon faces just because I literally saw the patterns playing yeah. throughout my entire life and all of the people that it impacted. It. And so I wanted to learn more from it. Love it. And I just have to ask, have you ever seen Practical Magic? Mm. No. I'm guessing you have is Shannon that um, with Sandra, Sandra Bullock? Bullock? Yeah, and oh, one Nicole of my Kim. favorite movies. Same, one of my favorites. It just reminded me um, when you were talking, Nina, about, uh, I think it was one of the, was it this movie? Gosh, now I'm like thinking about every kind of witchy movie I've ever seen. <laughs> but like talking about going to the moon circles when they were little girls. Oh. Like, don't take your clothes off this time or something. Oh, yeah, something like <laughs> that. Because the they circle. had the ants yes, who, the best who were ants. the witches. Yep. With the, that was a little bit of, uh, yeah, Nina growing up yeah. with the herbs and the timing of when to do things and literally moon circles. Yes. I had moon circles for like multiple for almost 30 years, yeah. you know? That's so, so cool. Okay. So let's talk about why this is such an important practice to start with. Like if someone is brand new to any form of astrology, they're just now kind of having this come into their worldview. It's just entered their sphere and they don't know where to start. I know that both of you typically would recommend following the moon. Why is that? Well, I'll start here with the moon is the quickest moving body of all our bodies uh, that we have, all the planets. We look at the moon and the sun as planets because they their planet means wandering star. And so the moon moves the quickest. And so it's something that you can experience on a monthly level the moon is going to go through your entire chart, through the entire zodiac. And I kind of look at the moon as, you know, it sort of anchors you in time. And because it moves somewhat quickly, it takes about two and a third days to move through a sign or a house, an area of life. It's kind of not enough to really have things, you know, stick, but just flow. It's like that habitual energy. That's why the moon kind of shows us our subconscious. We are able to time things. We see why things are up one day and down another day, but it's a way that the moon touches each one of our planets, has every aspect with every planet once a month. Yeah, it's like more immediate feedback. It's immediate feedback. And if you're paying attention, because again, it can move so quickly that you don't realize, wow, I kind of go down once a month Right. when the moon is in this sign of like maybe a challenged area of the chart. And when you see that, it's like you can take residency of your life in a different way. Yeah. And it comes to where it's like, okay, I feel it coming. I know what it's trying to do. It now 
these days don't own me anymore. Yeah. You know, and we can move through it. And then we even move into being able to utilize it as an empowerment. Absolutely. And Nina, I know that you took this and put it into a workbook form. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So how I kind of really started into my moon journal tracking um, journey was through looking at where my moon placement is. And so everyone has, you know, their moon in a specific sign. And because it does move through all of the 12 zodiac signs every single month, once a month, the moon is going to be in your sign. Right. And so for me, the, that that can be more debilitating days. And so it was really... Interesting. I know. Yeah. And so figuring out um, ahead of time, where the moon is going to be um, in that sign. And for me to say, okay, maybe I'm going to like black out those days. I'm not going to do any meetings. Maybe yep. it's not a good time to go on a trip. You know, those days I'm going to really take for myself because I am pretty debilitated. And so yeah. that's how I really got started into um, tracking the moon. And so I thought, well, why not create an entire workbook out of it? You know, you can get, you can start with where following where your moon is once a month, but then you can also expand to all of the other signs like a Libra moon. I also know I'm so like fairy airy. I'm yeah. not going to schedule meetings yeah. on those days either. Like maybe I'm going to do um, brainstorming and idea storming. Yeah. And so it's just kind of like really predicting how you want to be month by month. Yeah, it's so interesting because I obviously use the workbook that you created. But before, Thanks. when I, of course, <laughs> before when I just started kind of going back in my own journal and making note of those days where I was hyper productive. And I, of course, was like, okay, I'm going to look up where the moon was on every single one of those days. And I started to notice a pattern as well. It is crazy to kind of put those patterns in perspective and then as both of you teach, to live more in harmony and in flow with those things, to make the most out of the energy of those days and how it's going to affect you. And to understand that, I think we need to break down some little morsels of information. So let's talk about some basic lunar astrology vocabulary. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was a I lot of words. Um, okay, so let's start with the phases. Okay. Here, I'll just kind of start. Yeah, jump in. <laughs> so sort of the, the beginning of the lunar cycle, um, each month we get an opportunity to focus uh, fresh new energy into an area of life during the new moon, which begins the waxing phase. And we get an opportunity to clean out or release no longer useful energy matter once a month from different areas of our life during the full moon mm -hmm. or waning phase. And so those are kind of the two beginning, uh, breaking the moon into two sectors. So we have two weeks of waxing, bringing in, and waning, decreasing, and releasing. Okay. So, yeah, new moon, we're kicking it off. Like, that's the darkest point, and then it's going to start to build. And then yes. full moon is the big release. Like, it's full to burst. Yep. And it's, then and when the new when the moon is new, again, think of it, it's so literal. It's dark and empty. And so it increases in light. And a little, a little trick I, I love to teach, really basic, because I think it's, 
really lovely to be able to connect with the actual moon (laughs) in the sky (laughs) and observe it. And if you can cup the moon in your right hand, that's increasing in light. We know it is waxing. Okay. And then it reaches its full orb. It's a big circle of white light. And then it's going to decrease in light. And when we can cup it in our left hand, it's waning. Okay. So it's a way to kind of connect on a nature level. And then, you know, ah. And, you know, there are schools of thought that look at, you know, the right side is sort of our outer side Mm. when we're active and moving out. So it tracks correctly. And the left side is sort of our, you know, inner side going within. So it's a similar thing. The mat, you know, the moon has that same pattern. Love that. And so this is so important. If you just follow those two key points and know if the moon's in its waxing phase or its waning phase, you can gain so much out of that. If it's too much to include the zodiac within it, like you can just follow those two patterns and that's great advice yeah just for the very beginning before you add on too many layers to the cake just follow new waxing full waning just back and forth new waxing building regenerating it's like when we want to increase anything we uh, it's a good time to build your nutrition yeah where your body's absorbing it better it's also when like our pathways are increasing. This is why like surgery dates, we don't want to do on a waxing moon Ah. in general because everything is increasing. And then full to waning, waning, everything is detoxifying and washing out and sweating out and breathing out. And this is why it's a good time to do surgery because our tissues are not as stressed. Okay. And so everything is about decreasing, decreasing inflammation. And right. so it's this, it's the same pattern with whatever area of life you're looking at. It totally. just, it's very, it's actually very basic. That's <laughs> why you, I think you told me never wax during a waxing moon. <laughs> <laughs> That's so right. So I want that hair to go away. Does- Exa- yes, because you would, you would be encouraging extra growth. Yep. Okay. So does the birth phase or the, I guess the phase of your natal moon, does that impact how you experience the moon or is that just totally unrelated? Like if you were born on a new moon or a full moon or a waxing moon or a waning moon, does oh, that no. change anything? No, that, those are like kind of another way to look at it is your starting off point. Ah. We're still beholden to the cycles of the moon, meaning our tissues, our body, the tides. Right. We watch it in the ocean. Yeah. All of our waters are moving in the same way. Okay. The moon phase you're born on is sort of like that soul's, like that's its starting point. And so there can be a, uh, yeah, a strong energy around whenever the moon is in that phase with the sun. Okay. We're getting a little complicated, but... Um, <laughs> Leave it to me to overcomplicate know, <laughs> the situation. It's all good. <laughs> and really that gets broken down into eight phases because we have new, then we have crescent. Right. And then we have... Like the gibbous quarter or moon or something. Oh, quarter. Okay. <laughs> and then we have gibbous. Gibbous. Okay. <laughs> That's right before full. That's when you think the moon is full, but it isn't yet. Okay. So gibbous people are like, <laughs> yeah, it's almost full. And then you have full, and then you have 
disseminating, so the the light is pouring out, but someone born, born on a disseminating, so it's after full. You know, they're really good teachers. They have built themselves and they are now pouring that wisdom out. And then we have the third quarter and then we have balsamic is oh, as yeah. it's coming to its end. Okay. And then we have new and those balsamic people. So it can look like it's a new moon because we don't, you know, the moon is in this little sliver or crescent right. that you can hold in your left hand. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just this rich, pulling it like sages and wisdom holders have that. that That's cool balsamic moon and then it's new and it's fresh again so your Love personality it. might track around those energies uh, okay so when you sense. say the uh phase you were born under right and you might feel more drawn towards more activated when the moon is at the same phase and if you really want to get complicated you can count the degrees between your sun and your moon right. and whenever the sun and moon are in that level of oh, separation. Okay. That's your time. Okay. That, that's complicated. That is very but advanced. It, it, but it's actually, it's easier than it sounds, but um, okay. yeah. Thank you for that explanation that probably <laughs> no one was wondering about except for me. <laughs> but it just popped in my head. Well, I was thinking about it also because of Nina's lunar return every month is a more challenging time for her, but that's more based right. on the zodiac. That is based on the placement of her moon. Okay. Because there is Within a the zodiac sign, wheel. Yep, okay. exactly. Because every planet, including the moon, has a place where it thrives and has a place where it's challenged. And so for Nina, she was born with a Capricorn moon so that the moon is strong in Cancer and it's weakened in um, Cap Capricorn. Right. So it's a time that she's been able to take and focus on, okay, I got to work on those Capricorn moon issues. It brings it up. And I've noticed over time, like you've, you've come to really strengthen under those times. Cool. Because you've taken proper action. Yes, I can be out in the world now. <laughs> <laughs> I've permitted myself to leave the home now. My fellow Cat Moon babies, you <laughs> oh understand. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> it's big, a thing. Big shout out to the Cat Moon babies listening right now. Yes, yes. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> a good friend of mine, one of my astrologer friends, we study, Demetra George is our teacher, and she has a Capricorn moon too, and she created on Instagram Cat Moon Baby. It's yes. great with oh the pictures gosh. of the babies with a terror in their face. It's a good way to laugh at, you yeah. know, gotta have a sense of humor. Right? Humor as a coping mechanism <laughs> is my favorite coping mechanism. My favorite. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. And Love so it. you can have really great days when the moon is in your sign too. It's yeah. just kind of unique to Capricorn. So yeah, yeah okay. it doesn't or mean... Scorpio or moon in mm -hmm. Scorpio would be okay. the other uh, place where the moon is has more work to do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So those people, when they have their lunar return, AKA once a month, once a month when the moon is transiting your natal placement where it was when you were born, your natal degree. Yep. So that's your lunar return. So for the most part, people would feel a little bit more harmonious or again, it really you know, depends. Okay. Um, what's nice is that every month the sun will be in a different sign. Mm, so it's a different so, flavor. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, this is why I love using the moon as a teacher for, for people to really make real their chart. Because again, it's quick. 
And so even over a year time, imagine that it's, it gives me goose, goosebumps or angel bumps <laughs> because the moon will hit that same degree once a month. Right. And so you feel this <gasps> unconscious reset, but the sun will move around the zodiac. So it gets to have all those phases with it. So it will be flavored differently every month Cool, based on its interaction with the sun. Because what does the moon do? It reflects the sun's light. Mm -hmm. That's the moon's job. So for Nina, for example, with the Capricorn moon, it's going to have a different flavor, a different experience when it's a full moon in Capricorn during cancer season versus the new moon when both the sun and the moon are in Capricorn. Absolutely. Okay. And that's why you want to write down and track those emotions because it's hard to to remember from years from now or months from now. And so that's why it's good to keep track of it. I love um, both using the workbook and journal that you created and then taking whatever the moon is in that day and just writing it in my other journals. Like I have my day planners and stuff like that. And I'll just like, you know, put a little glyph in the corner just keeping track. Mm, yes. <laughs> and then I'll just go back to something. I'm like, oh, that's what it was. <laughs> and then you see your patterns. Mm-hmm. And this is where you take residency of your being. Yeah. Like that's the whole point is to see what controls me, what sends me out of balance, what helps me feel secure in my skin. Right. And then you see the pattern of what takes you out of balance. And just, you know, naming it is, and having awareness to me is most of the work. Once you have that, it's a shift of perspective, a shift of perception, being able to, you know, shift or recede, observe. I mean, there's so many things you can do with it. So, um, and then you rebuild, you you build yourself more consciously. Love that. So we, oh, sorry, Nina, please go. (laughs) And then you can be way more self-forgiving with yourself and with others because you know that other people are going through this too. Yeah, it's not, exactly. you're not isolated anymore. Maybe that's why they're more reactive that day and you're like, oh, yeah. you know, it's you're, okay. <laughs> you're having a little more patience and yeah. compassion with other people and yourself. Mm-hmm. I know you and I talk about self-compassion quite a bit, so <laughs> it's a big topic for us. So that What, can... Virgo and, <laughs> and uh, Gemini, Mercury-ruled people? Yeah, never. <laughs> we would never reflect like that. Um, so that kind of brings me into the next, I guess, fundamentals, ABCs of lunar astrology, um, the zodiac. So again, this is very basic for people who are just entering, or honestly, I don't want anyone to feel bad or stupid. Like this is, this is, we're reviewing fundamentals that maybe everyone needs a refresh, but let's talk about how the moon feels in each of the 12 signs, maybe some like core characteristics, energies, um, just so people can start to understand, you know, maybe they don't have any planetary placements in a certain sign, so they don't really know what the moon would behave like in that sign. But they will have an area of life that exactly, it will always the houses, be activating. Which we will get to also. That's a, yeah, another <laughs> Next thing. phase, yeah. Okay, I'll, t- I'll take it. Sorry. <laughs> I'll take this one. I'm an astrologer again. You're the educator. I just give homework. <laughs> <laughs> the TA. Okay, I love it. Love it. Um, so we'll just start with Aries. When the moon is in Aries, this has that fresh launching energy. And the northern hemisphere, Aries is when it's spring. So it's that, you know, I even think of, what is that? The sprint. Yeah. You know, the athletes. So there's a lot of self-assertion, lots of energy, vitality. And when I say self-centered, it doesn't have to be an ego self-centeredness. It can be centered in self. Right. So it's really good to take care of self. When the moon is in Taurus, this is a place where 
the moon thrives. It's what's called exalted. So the moon has two places where it really thrives. And when it's in its exaltation, which is even, it's it's the easiest place for the moon to be. When it's in Taurus, it's like nourishment, like really being able to nourish. This is a good time to, you know, have your juicy meal yeah. and getting comfortable in your bed and your covers and cuddle. But it also, it gives us determination and strength to push through that sustenance, that um, persistence. Bull energy. <laughs> bull energy, yeah, to be able to just go through. It also has a level of practicality to it, you know, streamlining, simplifying to be able to get what needs to be done, its resources. It's also money, mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, so we have to be aware of overspending when yeah. the moon is in Taurus. I have a, a practice I've done for, gosh, probably 20 years where every time it's new moon in Taurus, which is once a year when the sun and moon are in Taurus, I get a new purse or wallet, a new place to put my money. I love that. It's like a refresh. I just missed that. <laughs> <laughs> you just missed. But you can catch the Taurus, okay. Taurus uh, <laughs> moon when the moon's in Taurus. So when the moon moves through Gemini, oh, and I should probably, while we're kind of early in it, another way to look at this, I like to break the signs down. It's almost like, what is that? The butterfly stroke, you know, mm-hmm where you're underwater, above water, underwater, above water. And it's the same thing where we're active, we're passive. We go out, we come in. So in Aries, all the fire and air signs, we're going out. It's active. And the earth and water signs are in, coming in. And that's why don't force yourself to do something, you know, that takes a lot of action on those days. It might not be as easy. Yeah. And so Aries is active and Taurus is coming in. So it's the coming in. Gemini, we're active again. It's air sign. So this is communication, adaptability, speaking, communication. It's the media. It's social media. It's all those little bits of of energy. We might get, you know, on a low level, it could be getting really gossipy. Oh my gosh, the (laughs) moon is in Gemini. No wonder. And you're like, oh, I feel so bad. (laughs) You know, it's like those little things. It's also like, if you're going to get a new computer, like that's a good time. You can, you know, tech and like to, to function, to do, do the functions. It's the software in the computer too. It's like all the programs. So Gemini is like all that you know, that kind of energy of, you know, transmitting information. And then we move into cancer. So it goes up and down every, it's every other sign. So cancer is water where like it's the other place where the moon thrives. So again, we're pulling in, it's very womb-y. Like this is like coming in, it's family. You know, the crab has the shell. It's that protection, self-protection, nur- super nurturing. This is classic mothering energy. We feel more of our need for security, you know, be it comfort, emotions. It's also memory stored in the body ah. is another like, moon in cancer. So when the moon is in cancer, traveling through a part of your chart, an area of your chart, you might be a little more you know, aware of where, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a, an example. Like let's say it's in your second house and you have 
like money trauma, uh-huh. you know? Like and it's financial like financial trauma from your financial, childhood. Yeah. Okay. Even though it's a very great place for the moon, it might bring those things up. Okay. Or in the fourth house, even, it, it'll bring up like childhood stuff. So we're aware and we know also when those things come up, what are they? Easier to heal. They're on the surface. It's cool. much easier to clear. And that's again, a beautiful part of having a moon practice. Okay. Are you, are you still, are you good with this? We're oh, like, yes. okay. Definitely still with <laughs> like, you. <laughs> sorry, this is like a lecture. No, I love so, it. So um, the next, next stop, Leo. So again, Leo, it's <laughs> active, out, <laughs> sun ruled. Um, it's very, uh, it's, it is where light is held. You know, there's a lot of leadership. It's also where we can hold pride and we need to kind of watch ourselves with a little too much ego inflation. Maybe during that time, I don't mean mean that in a bad way, but it's also medicine for standing up for yourself and being, you know, holding holding light. It's also very leadership, um, generosity. Like magnanimous. <laughs> Extremely, yes. Loyal, warm-heartedness. Courageous. Courageous, exactly when we need that. Like, okay, it's a hard talk to have. Wait for the moon to be in Leo or you're like harnessing that courageousness exactly and that strength and staying heart-centered because it Mm -hmm. rules the heart. And then we get all big and proud. And then... (laughs) Virgo. We go into Virgo. <laughs> Way back down. <laughs> <laughs> the Yeah, again, it's Earth moving inward. But and I just go to that because it is interesting. The sign most associated with ego, you know, can be Leo when it goes mm-hmm. out of balance. And the sign most associated with humility, even to the point of self-deprecation, mm-hmm. is Virgo. And they're next door neighbors, you know. <laughs> and I feel like you know, it's it's a corrective measure, right? Right. Because How the mighty have going, fallen. <laughs> yeah, it's like, exact, and it's like, oh, okay, I can edit out. So when the moon is in Virgo, we tend to be hypercritical, yeah. but we can use that too. It's a good editing, very um, kind of health conscious, aware of our bodily functions, purity, perfectionism, <laughs> exactness, details, being analytical, but also very helpful, devoted to helping others. It it goes in, that's what it's trying to get to. Like, oh, this big Leo light, like, oh no. Okay, I'm supposed to be serving with this. Like that can be going to the Virgo, but it can go to the extreme. And then what's next? Libra, balance is the hope that we get to balance when yeah. the moon is in Libra, which again, we're in an air sign. So Libra is also where we kind of, I look at it on an evolution level from that Aries through Virgo. It's a lot of self-refinement within our, you know, doing the things we need to do where once we master some of those things, okay, I'm aware, I've made it big, I've also fallen, (laughs) I'm good to now connect with other and that's where Libra comes in. So it's, shift outward to others. Exactly. Okay. Then we're we're looking at how do we take what we developed in ourselves? What do I have to offer others? So that's Libra. And so that's why you know, like Moon and Libra, you wanted you're having an event where you want people to connect, feel joined. Mm-hmm. Moon and Libra, bonding with others. 
yeah, joining peace, trying to find peace, balance. It's also the sign of fair. What right. is fair? Objectivity. My son is in Libra and and it, I really do feel like I can be objective and look at something from the outside. Yeah. And so we get the gift of that, of objectivity when the moon is in Libra. So that's a good time if, we, if we're in need of that. Um, yeah, I already said partnership. Aesthetics. Aesthetics, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's also a Taurus Yeah, thing the too. Venusian moons. <laughs> too, exactly. Yeah. You, God, you're, you're good. It's all um, you're teaching. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, if we're signing contracts, agreements with each other, that's okay. a moon in Libra. It's also where we can hit our wall because it's sort of the burn the candle at both ends and then just collapse. Yeah. <laughs> so we need to be careful not to exhaust our energies, which is why... Libra can get a bad rap of being lazy. It's just they're exhausted. <laughs> We're just can't really move. tired. Just really tired. <laughs> so during the moon in Libra, yeah, it's like uh, usually that would come through giving too much to other people at the expense of ourselves. So it's right. a good thing to watch for people who feel like they kind of have codependent tendencies, which a lot of us do. Yep. And then the next stop is Scorpio. So Scorpio is one of the places where the moon is in debilitation. And so when it's in Scorpio, it kind of, it's where, well, ironically, when we are planting by the light of the moon, a good new to waxing moon in Scorpio is really good to plant, to put the seeds in the ground because it's all that mulched up, you know, it's the mulch. It's putting the seed in the thing that has already died and decomposed. The compost. The compost. Yeah. <laughs> and then new life can come out of it. Okay. And so... It's alive. <laughs> it's alive. So it's not all bad, but people can feel that sort of emotional intensity. It's where things are transforming, you know, like the compost. Yeah, it's death and rebirth. Death and rebirth. It's where we can feel extra vulnerable, like... We could be attacked if we share some of uh, our real self. So secretiveness can be in the moon in Scorpio. Magnetism, like manifestation, rituals, moon and, waxing moon in Scorpio could actually be really good. You just want to be clear okay. <laughs> in yourself because be careful what you ask for, you'll get it. <laughs> but yeah, that's, I'm trying to think of what else, Scorpio. Intensity. Intensity. Yeah. That's it. So that's definitely a, another kind of like zip the lip right. moment. Boundaries. With boundaries. Them. Yeah. Exactly. And just like, okay, so you're not overrun. And just waiting to say the thing you want to say maybe until you've really digested it because it's that breaking things down before giving somebody the unedited version. Right. Um, and so again, yeah, that's water, fixed water. It doesn't move. I and think then, about ice, <laughs> like fixed yeah, water. It is. Ice. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then the next, we're in Sag. Yay. So this is, you can kind of see the pattern, right? We ha we go up and then we go on and we go up <laughs> and then we go down. The roller coaster. We go in and we go out. Yep. Exactly. And so when we see that, it's like, oh, okay, I'm not broken. Right. It's just the pattern, the inhale, the exhale, right? You're breathing in, you're breathing out, you're breathing in, exactly. you're breathing out. Exactly. Like the moon. Exactly. 
And the ocean. And everything else. (laughs) It comes in, it goes out. Exactly. We absorb. In the solar system. We release. (laughs) It's the law. Exactly. It's the law. It's just the law. (laughs) And everything moving in its circular pattern. Yep. And then the next one, we only have four more signs. Sag, when uh, the moon goes into Sag, it's a fun one. Sagittarius, this is very enthusiastic. And of course, it's like, I just got out of Scorpio. I'm like ready to, to, to... Ah, go out in the world. You know, it's like that sort of inquisitive going out, wanting to grab those bigger things, have those bigger conversations, like sitting and enjoying, but like we're having a talk. Let's let's solve the world problems, but <laughs> it's like in a good way, you yeah. know? It's like feeling inspired, inspiration, growth, abundance. Also, really good time for hiking, going outside if you have access to hiking trails or going outside. It's it's kind of like that nature. That's It's so big, yeah. right? Sag is big. Expansive. Expansive. Like Jupiter. Exactly. Jupiter's the ruling planet of yeah. Sag. Exactly. So it's like, you know, ah, oh, what's over there on that hill? You know, so it has that, that's kind of, maybe inqu- inquisitive is probably more Gemini, the yeah. opposite sign, where it's quest- oriented in Sag, like the quest. I want to go on this journey. Adventure. (laughs) Adventure and goals. That's why goals, setting goals under a Sag moon is a great idea. Amazing. And then from Sag, we go, we had these big, great ideas, and then we come into the practicality. We go into Capricorn. Yep. That's why the moon, poor moon, (laughs) cat moon baby, because you have these I get things done though. Yeah. (laughs) And then it's it's true. My gosh. But then like Capricorn is so like the idea whacker. It's like, nope, that's not practical. (laughs) This isn't going to work. And the moon is just emotions. Like I'm just trying to emote. I'm just a nature and flowing. (laughs) Don't hurt me. (laughs) Don't hurt me. I'm just, just, uh, I just want to feel good. It's, uh, (laughs) yeah, Capricorn is one of the, yeah, harder. There can be, your insecurities come up, can come up during Capricorn moon. Insecurities around even your, like your actual livelihood. Like, am I safe? And because the moon feels very safe in Cancer, the opposite Mm -hmm. sign. And it feels like the thing that I've, and this is me, this is in my practice. What's come in is um, sometimes with Capricorn moon people, Like if you believe in past lives, you know, they're the ones who, you know, like the child in a war-torn country and they were orphaned and like abandoned on the street. It's like has that. (laughs) I know. That's why you came to me so I can heal it. That's the thing. (laughs) When you have that Capricorn moon, it's saying, I'm ready to heal that Uh, past life trauma. Right. And see, oh, I am safe. I right. am okay. And it need, it's usually through time and just, uh, you so know. feelings of safety, st- stability, really security. important. Okay, cool. And it does have, you know, there within the Capricorn moon, timing too, you know, discipline. It's easier to discipline. It's Saturn ruled. Right. And has perseverance. And I've definitely, we have seen that in Nina through her whole life. She knows how to <laughs> yes. focus. Because I have this Gemini sun in rising. In a cat moon, and I have 
crazy self-discipline. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. I can't Focus. believe I created the workbook. Yeah, <laughs> so. I can. It's amazing. But that structure and creating yeah. structure. So the structure, she's a good example of Moon and Capricorn. Mm-hmm. I created a structure that helps me to feel safe. Yeah. You know, Following and, the pattern. and know what's going on. I can track it. I created my own structure. <laughs> exactly. Yes. It's amazing. Exactly. And then when the moon moves into Aquarius, again, we're in air and it's another one of those, you know, connecting with friends. And like, if you have a big event with a lot of people, like moon in Aquarius is a great time. Everybody's ah, usually Breath. very, how do I say that? Like sort of the when the moon is in Aquarius, there can be an emotional detachment, which sounds cold, which sometimes... People who do have moon and Aquarius can't, like doctors, it's great for doctors. They can just get in and get it done. But another thing, like even on a social level is people are just connecting with you and they let go, you know, the triggers and the reactions. It's So that's why it's a great social and people just have a natural tendency to want to connect. And it's like stronger in numbers, you know, and then... Like it's very progressive. Like I said, it can be detached enough to get done what we need to get done. Um, very independent, non-conforming. Yeah, very visionary. Yeah. And then the last sign, Pisces. So back in we go. Moon in Pisces is very, even though it's not considered like in a place of rulership, I really do connect the moon and the sign Pisces very similar because it is this kind of floaty going up, seeing, like looking up and out rather than in and down. And so there can be a spirituality. It's highly sensitive too. So Pisces moon people can feel very sensitive to their environments. And so it's something to take into context when the moon is in Pisces. You know, if you're feeling depleted, Probably don't go out in the world. You might absorb everybody's stuff. Yeah. You know, it's very baggage, <laughs> baggage, and very absorbent. It's very absorbent and it's very empathetic. Like that is the sign of the empath would yeah. be Moon and Pisces. Because you and my mom. Just, <laughs> that's right. Yes, I have a Moon and Pisces, but it helps me connect with. I found yeah. a good living. <laughs> you yeah. know, a good career. I really use that Moon and Pisces a lot. Yeah, it's very compassionate and dreamy. Dreamy. Yeah. Every yeah. time I think of Moon and Pisces, I think of astral projection. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I've done yeah. since I can remember. And I remember my dreams. Yeah. It's the dream state. I have just as many memory, childhood memories of my dreams as I do of my not dreams yeah. <laughs> of just being alive. Wow. We yeah. went through the whole zodiac. Yeah, I hope that's what you wanted to do. I did. (laughs) I guess it's a lot. (laughs) Quickly, I won't go too much into detail of it, um, but something else that really helped me to understand the Zodiac, especially when we're progressing through each sign, is relating it to the development of our brain. And so we start with Aries, and it's like, I have, like, I'm an identity. I have an eye form. And then we move into Taurus and it's like, okay, my identity actually has a body. I have to take care of it. And then we move to Gemini and it's this body and this eye form has a mind I can think for myself and formulate. And then when you progress through the rest of the signs, you end in Pisces and it's, okay, I have 
that identity, but I'm connected to everyone through this wholesome picture. And so it goes back to that spiritual idea of everything's connected together. And if you think of your Pisces friends, whether it's the sun or the moon, they kind of seem like they're wandering everywhere, but they're pretty (laughs) safe wandering and they feel comfortable in every place. And I think it's because they have that connection, that wholesome of being connected to everything at one point. And so that's kind of the goal of it. Connected to the unseen as well as the scene. Yeah, that's sick. I've never heard that explained in that way. I love (laughs) that. Like you could think of it as the soul, like I have a soul. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I have a consciousness that is outside of the body. you know, that doesn't fit into everybody's belief structure, but sure. but even if it's like there's there still is reality outside of your world. Right. So it works even if you're an atheist. Yeah. It, <laughs> Just uh yeah, uh what's the word I'm looking for? Transpose that into your own belief system. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's yeah. the thing with astrology. It's it's more about nature and how things are in its nature. It's not saying this definitive like destiny kind of thing. Characteristic. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Okay. That makes sense. And so when you're following the moon or the sun, you can also think of this development pattern from Aries to um, Pisces. Yeah. And you have a ch- chance each month or each year to kind of go through that growth cycle too. Love that. How have I not learned this until literally right now? <laughs> I actually really don't know how I haven't talked to yeah, you about this. <laughs> With all the talking that we do. I know. I still have things unfold. And I've been studying, You're like, so including <laughs> study. It's like yeah. 40 years plus, you know. It's still unfolds and still having awarenesses and that's why I will never be bored. And yeah. I am passionate and enthusiastic about, you know, being able to connect people with themselves yeah. through their charts. Right. It's just, it's them. Like, here you are. Yeah. And then you weave in the moon. It's like, this is how you can navigate within it. Oh, yeah. This really is like navigation. Right? It is. Navigating through life. So we've just navigated right around that zodiac wheel. Yeah. But then there's another layer because now that everyone listening has gotten up to speed, they're smarter, they're more learned, they're wiser. <laughs> They've got that 101 under their belt. Let's add like a 101A, B, I don't know, and add in the houses. Let's talk about the houses. We can okay. we can keep this brief because Shannon, you gave a pretty great explanation of the houses in episode one. So if you want to pause right now and go back to episode one, you can learn more about the houses in depth. But let's maybe briefly just go around that one through 12. Okay. So first house, when the moon is in the first house, it's you. It's mm-hmm. the most you, <laughs> the self, health. Like when you are healthy and body movement, it's literally your physical body. So when your ascendant, for instance, when the moon is transiting your ascendant. Yep. When it crosses your first house, that's your first house. Okay. And yeah, that's a really good point. And then this, and really in ancient astrology, they didn't consider the sun your sign. You identified yourself as your ascendant. Because it's the most makes more sense to you. Yeah, it's literally you. Yeah, your rising and how sign. people see you. Yeah, physically yeah. too. So that's the maybe some of the biggest advice from this lesson, aside from the actual lunar stuff, is to consider your rising 
more than your sun sign and the transits right. and how they impact your house system, which is based on your rising sign. Yes. So if you are a Gemini rising, your first house is Gemini. Right. And then the second house would be, oh my God, I just blanked Cancer. And then the third house would exactly. be Leo. Goes all uh, the way around. Yeah. So consider your rising sign before your sun sign. Yes. And then just real generally, we'll do it quickly. Second house is your money, your resources, your finances, your stuff, your, your <laughs> stuff, literally your stuff, your, I always like to look at it, your talents, gifts, and abilities as resources, oh. like being able to utilize those. Third house is communication. It's short trips, siblings, siblings exactly. <laughs> Tri- getting from one place to the other, your vehicle, whatever that is. Oh, right, like car, plane. Car, whatever. plane, skateboard. bicycle, <laughs> yeah. skateboard. Exactly. It's, it's those, yeah, getting from one place to the other, transit. Fourth house is your home. It's your actual home. So when the moon, whatever sign it's in, it might be in a really social sign. You know, it might be in Sag. Oh, mine is in Sag. <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> but when it's in Sag, you might feel good staying at home because it's, uh, even though it's Sag, you mm-hmm. might do your journeys behind the uh, computer screen yeah. at home. Watching Outlander. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So home, family, that energy fifth is like go and have some fun. It's yeah. just fun, creativity, joy, those sorts of energies, not heavy energy. Sixth house, taking care of your business, whether it's, you know, the things we need to do, taking care of your accounting, your physical bodies, you know, health, health, routines. health oh, yeah. routines, exactly. Like maintaining the vehicle. Of your body, of yourself, um, and just, yeah, maintenance, routine, things that we need to do, we do in the sixth. Seventh is our one-to-one relationships. It's also, you know, agreements, contracts. Ah, is okay. Not uh, just marriage and romantic partnerships. Exa- well, that's why it's marriage, because yeah. it isn't... Fifth house is actually more the house of love. Yeah, romance. Romance, that's where we fall in love where we uh, contractually bind to each other is Ah, the seventh. And that's why that's marriage. Interesting. Okay. Eighth is like the stuff, you know, it's kind of the darker side. It's where we might feel moody or feel out of control of our life or we're being too controlling or being controlled or like the things that need like eradicating. Um, Ninth house, again, like, Bigger, expansive mind journeys, Mm -hmm. long travel, you know, those uh, bigger thinking about our goals. Um, Tenth house is career, what's happening in our career and our outer world. Eleventh, our visions, our dreams for ourselves, our friends. The tribe. The tribe. That's the tribe house. And the twelfth, while it is the... Classically, the house of our own self undoing. <laughs> ah, interesting. Self sabotage. Okay. Because we can't see. It's a blind spot. Oh, wow. So we can't see. I'm like, it. I have Chiron there. Don't when say you are <laughs> there. Because, and that's like, that's kind of some ad- advanced training. If you take my astrology class, oh, yeah. Foundations please. of astrology, you will find this out. Yeah. But anyway, the twat, like it oriented <laughs> from the self. If the first house is the self, it can't see itself. Oh, that's a blind spot. Yeah. In the 12th. And so it can be our unconscious promptings. It's, I call it like the just let go, let go and 
like let the divine hand it over, that kind of energy. All right. But then it's always going to correct. We can, the 12th house is actually of all the houses in general for everyone. That's, that's usually where people feel they're most off or feel a little depressed or down or I don't know what's off with me. And then like, oh, and then the next day they're finally like, yeah, go good today. I don't know what that was. <laughs> I'm actually fine. <laughs> the moon was probably going through their 12th and uh-huh. then they ah come out and they feel good because it's in them again, their Wait, first house. I feel like I should know that like inherently <laughs> because we've talked about this a lot of times and <laughs> like over the weekend when, uh, as of today, when we're recording over the weekend, I was like, why am I so sad? Like, why do I just feel so like down and, uh, and I'm like, oh, it was in 12th house transit. Yes. Yeah. That's it. So that's another taking residency of self moments. Oh, the moon is in the 12th. I'm not, you know, gonna do the big important thing or have any expectation of anybody, including myself. Right. And that's, that's what we're trying to teach right now with all yes. of these different ingredients of this recipe, all these different elements. How do we just vibe with where the moon is at in the house, in the sign, in the phase, right? Yep. How do we take all of those elements and put it together for self-care? There is one more element that I feel like, Nina, you'd be great to explain this. It. The rulership of the different parts of the body. So then we can take this. You were kind of, I think, starting with it with, you know, the the physical body with Taurus and the mind with Gemini, but there are actually parts of the body that are ruled by different zodiac signs. Nina, please take it away. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's really beautiful. So just how we start with Aries and end with Pisces, Aries rules our head, our face, our eyes, our brain, and then Pisces rules our feet. And so when we start with Aries, we start at the top of our head and um, as the moon moves through all of the signs, it's moving through our entire body too. So starting from the head down to our neck with Taurus and then to our arms and shoulders and hands with Gemini and it keeps moving down. And so there's this opportunity to take care of your entire body from head to toe every single month, this continuous cycle. And then to make it more interesting, you get to look at whether the moon is in its waxing phase or its waning phase. And so anytime the moon is in a specific body rulership, depending on the sign, it's really good to take extra nourishment and care for that body part, whether it's just a loving thought or if the moon is in Leo ruling the heart, maybe taking a tea that really helps the heart circulation. Some cardio. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But... My mom will explain, you don't want to do anything that's going to put any extra pressure or harming that body part. So you wouldn't want to have surgery when the moon is in the sign that rules that body part. So we would not have LASIK done when the moon moon or sun is in Aries. You literally prevented me from doing that. I (laughs) I think we did, right? I moved my LASIK appointment. I hope my uncle is not listening to this, my my eye surgeon, (laughs) because then he will know that I moved my appointment multiple (laughs) times based on the moon. Um, (laughs) Would the same apply for dentistry? Oh, yeah, dentistry So basically, if the moon is in Aries, like don't get your gums cut up, don't get a tooth pulled. Right. Or Taurus. Mm, same with jaw, teeth. right? Jaw. Yeah. So, okay. Exactly. Can we actually go through like each yeah. one really quick? So Aries, obviously head, but also a little bit of the head is Taurus, right? And then we move into Gemini, which is, oh no, Taurus is the throat, right? Gemini. Taurus is the throat. Gemini is Thyroid. The, okay. Neck, jaw, teeth. 
Taurus. Taurus. Okay. Gemini is lungs, arms, hands. Shul- mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then cancer. cancer uh, boobies. <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> uh, yeah. Like female reproductive. But for men, yes. it would translate to like chest and stomach or how does that work? Well, it's still, yeah. Everyone has, a, most people, let's hope, have a stomach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Digestion. Yeah. Breasts. Okay. Even actually kind of lungs. Okay. We can. So a little bit that, of shared energy there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. It is a little bit of a shared energy. And then, Leo, we move into heart and spine. Yes. Heart and back. Yeah. Upper back. Oh, just the upper back. Okay. Love it. Okay. Nina, do you want to take it from Virgo onward? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And then so Virgo is the intestines, the digestion and immune system. Hot girls with IBS. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Which we are in Virgo moon right now. Oh, that's why I'm going to the bathroom so much. (laughs) (laughs) Clearing. Yep. (laughs) Detoxing. No one needed to know that, but I said it anyway. (laughs) Love it. All right, cool. Libra <laughs> is the kidneys and the lower back. Okay. Ladder. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So Leo, upper back, Libra, lower, lower back. back. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And then in Scorpio, we have the colon, the sexual organs, and the sacrum. Okay. Urinary tract. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. All the juicy um, stuff for Scorpio. Yeah, <laughs> telling you. <laughs> Scorpio has a lot of responsibility. A lot going on in Scorpio. Yeah. Okay. Sag. We have our hips and thighs. Mm. Sacrum and tailbone. Hips don't lie in Sag. <laughs> <laughs> and in Capricorn, we have our knees, bones, skin, nails, and hair. Of course, the structure and what holds everything together. Yeah, so it may you be a hard it. move. Yeah. Okay. But you can just have a total girl's day with your skin and hair. Yeah, that's why you have perfect skin and hair <laughs> and <It's> bones. so <laughs> true. Capricorn, yeah. sun, and moon ascendant can have amazing skin. Oh my gosh. It is one of their birthrights to age. Just flawlessly? Flawlessly. (laughs) Okay, Haley, if you're listening, I know you're a cap ascendant. (laughs) Your skin is glowing, girl. (laughs) In Aquarius, we have our shins and ankles. And then in Pisces, we end with our feet and lymphatic system. Nice. Okay. So we've got this whole, like you said, head to toe, literally scalp to toe system of all the different zodiac ruled body parts, right? So now we're going to combine that with the moon and the houses and the phases. We've got all of these things. Let's give a few examples of some self-care. Like I'm thinking in my very practical, okay, what do I do with this? Let's say the moon is, I don't know, uh, waning in Capricorn. What's a good thing to do that day or a good thing to not do that day? Waning moon and Cap. Well... Waning moon and cap. I love this. It's like, put the pieces together. Yeah, the puzzle. <laughs> we don't want to put extra stress on our knees. So okay. we would be aware of that. So no plyometrics, um, like low impact exercise would be yeah, good. Okay. Exactly. And also, um, yeah, skin regimens that are detox. Okay. Like an exfoliant. Exactly. Okay. Like getting the pores cleaned out. Like a gentle peel kind of thing. Like a, not like at the doctor, but like if you have, I have like a cotyledon, like thinking yeah. very specifically, yeah. like a cream that like has AHA the or whatever. gentle. Yep. And yeah. it kind of just gets rid of those yep. dead skin cells. Yep. I'm like, can I specifically use this one product <laughs> on this one day? <laughs> that is so funny. Okay, yeah. So you um, don't want to focus your routine on super moisturizing, nourishing products. You want to use right. your we're not exfoliating. Building. Okay. Yeah. We're not building. We're kind of releasing and it's in Capricorn, so it's looking at the knees, the bones, the skin, the hair, yeah. nails. Like if you, and then, okay, just for like life too, you want to do some intention setting. Ooh, okay. Like you would use 
any new moon. Any new moon would be really good. Also, when the moon is in Sagittarius or Aquarius, regardless of moon phase, that's all. Those are also good intention setting times because okay. it's like they're kind of they anchor us in the future. Okay, so it tracks to the future. Sag, Aquarius, and any new moon set your intention. Yep, okay, exactly. Manifest. Um, <laughs> starting a new job, you would it'd be good to start in a waxing phase. Ending your job, you. And in a waning phase. Okay. Um, big move across the country we do with the moon in Sag. Family outings, moon in Cancer or Taurus. Party with friends, Aquarius or Gemini. Well, personally, whenever the moon is in Pisces, my favorite thing to do is right before I go to bed, I rub lavender onto my feet, oh, onto nice. the soles of my feet. Yeah. And it's just the super soothing practice to do. And then it's also, again, the end of the cycle. Yeah. I know in, depending on where the moon is, because it stays in each sign for two and a third days, but I know that the next day or within the few days, I'm going to be starting back at the top of my head with Aries. Okay. So I'm thinking Libra's specifically a moon sign that I wouldn't really know what to do for like my renal system. <laughs> well... It's it's getting uh, like doing massage on doing qigong that for oh, nourishing the kidneys <laughs> and yeah. water. water water for the kidneys okay so water so let's say it's a waxing Libra moon am I just chugging water I would chug I would I would drink a lot of water you might hold it and it would because it's you know waxing to just yeah exactly to okay. have an awareness of that but it would be good to. Give the kidneys water. TLC. Okay. It's also a good time, like, for a first date. Uh-huh. Because uh, you're, like, pretty and aesthetic. Yeah. And, okay. And okay. just okay. being it's the joining. Yeah, yeah, the joining. So we're, like, kind of trying to refresh a romance. Okay. Moon and Libra. All right. Another, like, life thing would be, like, budgeting, paying bills. So hands down the best moon to do your budgeting would be in Capricorn because you're going to oh, be yeah. probably a little yeah, a little hard on yourself. So it helps you to curb your spending and you get to really see it. Also, Virgo and Scorpio are the other two places. Okay. Because budgeting is something we should all do. Paying our bills. What we, was that word? Bu- budge? Yeah. <laughs> budge? <is> budge? <laughs> I don't know it. <laughs> and like paying bills. Like we have more satisfaction and feel really good when we pay our bills when the moon is in like Scorpio, Virgo, right. or Taurus. Okay. Like we feel good. Accomplishment. Accomplishment. Yeah. Self-satisfaction. Self-satisfaction. <laughs> what about like starting an exercise regime? Like I've I haven't worked out. Yes. Any fire sign. Okay. Regardless of phase? Waxing uh, or waning? Waxing the best. Okay. To Building start strength. Something new. Okay. So Aries, Leo, or Sagittarius are all fire the fire sign. signs. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh and especially, like, are you just trying to begin a new thing? Like, Aries is so, uh, like, don't stop me. I want to go. And feels really good even whether you keep up that discipline or not. Leo would be, I want to keep this uh, as a permanent fixed. routine. Fixed. Yep. Okay. You get it. Yeah. The, it's it's the same model. It works All right. no matter what. I love that. And Sag, Sag really is taking the body movement even outside. Like it really yeah. wants to connect with nature and letting nature. Because the yeah. wi- exactly in the wisdom, it's a sign of wisdom. Yeah. So it's like I still have to move my body, but I've gained enough wisdom to know 
oh, I can let the sun give me vitality or Or the water. Like I'm going to go surfing and I'm going to merge with these uh, nature elements. Like there's that wisdom aspect. (laughs) So I don't have to do this all myself. Right. Okay. Oh, I love that. And that's like inspiring me for my fitness right now. (laughs) I'm thinking with the Aries moon, would the same kind of energy apply if the moon was transiting your ascendant? Oh, Double, triple, quadruple. (laughs) Okay. So like regardless of sign, like you could be a a Pisces ascendant and the moon is transiting there. Would you have that kind of like, let's start something energy? Yeah. Okay. I shouldn't, I didn't, I thought you meant if you had an Aries ascendant in your first house. But yes, (laughs) not (laughs) not the double, you know, triple, quadruple, but it is a time to launch because you're going to have that refreshed feeling. You were just feeling down and now I feel motivated. Usually when the moon is in the first house, we have a little more motivation. So when we know we need that extra motivation, you you set your like what needs to be done for that or like going and starting the class or whatever it is. So even if it's in Pisces, it would still, we can still, yeah. Okay. And same thing for lunar return? Yeah, to a certain extent. It's okay. not, uh, it's more of an emotional reset. Versus a life like physical, restart. Okay. Which is first house. Another okay. thing I did want to mention that just came to my mind is when the moon is in Pisces, we are a little more sensitive all the way around. So if you're out partying, like drinking one drink is oh. worth two or three on okay. another day. So it's like you want to... Be mindful. Be mindful. Yeah. Okay. Some temperance there. Over in, yeah. Yeah. Temperance. You don't yeah. need as much as you think you need. <laughs> but but you you think you need a lot. <laughs> but you do. You probably yeah. think like, and you, you can be disconnected yeah. from what your body needs. A little delusional. Or is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I see that. I see Coming that. Coming from a Pisces moon native here. I know. And I'm like the delusion of Virgo, but. <laughs> You're like, um, I totally know everything. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So starting something new, especially for the physical body, is more about either Aries or transiting your ascendant first house. Yep. And fire, fire in general general. for a body. Okay. So like another good one, moon uh, practice when you get your hair cut. Do you want your hair to grow? We do waxing waxing moon, new to waxing. Everything's growing. That's why with a literally waxing. Yes. Do you want more hair to grow back or less hair? (laughs) If we want, if we don't want our hair to grow super fast. Yeah. We do it during a waning moon. It will have a slower growth. If you want really thick hair, like you're trying to thicken it, mm-hmm. you get your hair cut during moon in Leo. Oh, yeah. Waxing is best. But Leo, for the, in, Leo for the mane. Leo for the mane. Exactly. Mane. Because okay. it, in, in the fixed, it's thicker and denser. It yeah. creates more density. Oh, I love that. I'm going to also, I've been, um, my friend whose family is from India. She's been teaching me how to do the hair oiling. Oh, nice. Shout out to my friend Neelam. Um, So she's been teaching me this practice and I've been like massaging my scalp. I have like some sweet almond oil and just, you know, doing this like very like luxuriating kind of practice to grow thicker hair. I need to incorporate that into yes. my practice as well. Mm-hmm. Also so Capricorn. So Leo Moon and Cap. <laughs> yeah. Leo and Cap. Okay, cool, cool. Yes. Okay. I feel cancer like we as well. Cancer is good. And Pisces. Those are all good growth. But if you want thick, dense hair, always Leo. Okay. 
So you heard it from the beauty and astrology expert. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, you just covered so much information. This is truly a treasure trove for anyone starting out. This is a very comprehensive 101 for a very fundamental life-changing practice. I would love for any listeners who want to dive even deeper to be able to connect more with you. Can you share a little bit about the ways that you are doing that for your community and beyond? Well, I created a workbook. (laughs) (laughs) It it uses the 12 months of the year and it breaks it down into your monthly circles and your weekly circles or cycles. And so you're starting to think of life happening in these cyclical patterns. And so, of course, it uses the moon. It's tracked through the zodiac within it. And so you can really be able to see how the moon is moving through these body parts. You can write down where your moon is going to be every single month. And so this is just a resource to be able to track those patterns and to always have a reference where you can build a self-library. And so that's the Moon Dweller workbook. Yeah, it's everything we just talked about put into practice on paper. Mm-hmm. You <laughs> so, got to do the work though. Yeah. But that's so, where you get the most. Exactly. So if you're wanting to put in the work, do the extra credit, do the homework, and you respond well. You're a visual learner. I don't know why you're listening to a podcast. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But if you are more of a visual learner, you need something tactile written down. This is an exceptional resource. I've used it myself, and that's why I'm hyping it so hard here. Uh, This is really a fantastic way to put it into practice and start to bring this into your everyday life. Those sixth house routines. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Learning this and bringing it into uh, every area of your life. And Shannon, you also have ways that people can learn more. I am starting July will be an in-person seven-week Foundations of Astrology class. And it sort of gives you that education to, especially for people that are self-taught and you don't know the holes Like there can be little gaps. And so it gives a really good foundation and also a good foundation in, you know, some of the ancient astrology techniques. So we have that starting and I will have an online offering of the same class, also seven weeks. Awesome. And then I also have my website, moongathering.com. That's where you can sign up and find out more. And my Instagram is... Um, at Moon Gathering and Nina's Instagram is uh, Moon Dweller. Yep, at Moon Dweller. Perfect. Um, thank you guys so much for all of this. I learned more. You learn something new every day, <laughs> literally. This was above and beyond. Thank you for sharing such an incredible resource. You took time out of your day and your life to give this to other people. So thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting. This is fine. I'm just so grateful. Thank you. Goodness. Yes, this is fine. It's all good. We're fine. We're fine. And thank you. We love and appreciate you so much, Dominique. Thank you for all you do for the community. Thank you. Love you guys. Love love you. you too. Okay, that was a lot, right? But so powerful. If you grasped the core principles here, this is a practice that's going to seriously change your life and at the very least help you get more in tune with your natural rhythms. We love self awareness, right? And if you want to learn more from these two astro goddesses, visit moongathering.com to check out the latest educational offerings. Let us know what you thought about today's episode. Send us an email at I'm fine, I-M-F-I-N-E, no apostrophe, at thisisfinepodcast.com. If you have the time, we'd love if you hit subscribe, share this link with a friend, and leave us a five-star review, especially if you thought we earned it. We would love that. Bye for now. 
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of This Is Fine. I've been your host, Dominique Michelle Astorino. We're based in San Diego, recording in studio at DLI Productions in Pacific Beach with Emmy Award-winning sound designer Dan De La Isla. This is a comedy and advice podcast, but for legal reasons, this entire podcast is a joke and none of it is medical advice. To download the transcript or learn more, visit thisisfinepodcast.com. 